our best friends and next door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready and let's get into it. Welcome to Cruel Tea Podcast. This is Lillian, and with me is Maris because it's Maris Monday. Hello. Hi. Yeah. You know what we're talking about today? I do know. <laughs> we're talking about the Men in Black. Yes. And not the movie. We could talk about the movie, and that's fine. I don't want to talk about the movie. It was okay. That was funny. I think there's a couple of them. I've only really seen the I've first one. I've only seen one. the first one. Yeah. 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 But, uh, no, that's not what these are. So, the Men in Black, it, it's like, what are they? Are they government agents? Are they weird uh, alien guys? Internet like consensus says they're a cryptid like a big feet yes and so we're going to we're going to talk about them today so uh, since they are a cryptid we realize we must now rate them on the cryptid fuckability scale i imagine they're pretty high up there they're mysterious and humanoid yeah you know i like that so i give them a seven because they're just dudes yeah and yeah like i get it they're creepy dudes but i'm hot for dracula Right. Who is a creepy dude? I mean, so you could, what, a Dracula in a suit is just a man in black. Yeah, like Johnny Cash. Yeah, He's yeah, also yeah, the man yeah, in black. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What's he on the scale? Uh, none. Well, he's, he's dead, dead. Yeah. yeah, so he's not on the scale. Well, I mean, death doesn't really... Because you can do a ghost. Ooh. Yeah, and, and apologies, y'all. You're going to hear an occasional yip or a yap, and that is Bunny the dog. She's been real yappy lately. Well, we have a guest dog in the house. Yeah, Will producer Will is babysitting a dog. Yeah, and it's made Bunny upset. So, what are they? They're not Tommy Lee Jones or Will Smith. Are they, they government ones. agents? Are they themselves aliens or something more sinister, like a demon? Are, are they a human or a ghost? <laughs> Well, I mean, we're kind of technically humans and ghosts currently. Well, I think that Russian that, dolls, that, that's the trouble is, is when you sort of separate that, like a human without a soul and stuff. Oh, yeah. They, they're they really weird. This is just, their stories are so strange, but I think that's why I like them so much mm-hmm. is because it's just so creepy and so bizarre. People have also categorized them with black-eyed children. Yes, and we're going to talk a little bit of that towards the end, so okay. I'll save your thoughts. Okay. Put them in your pocket. I do have pockets. It's fine. Okay. All right. So, first of all, the term men in black was coined by John Keel. Okay. We know who that is. And, yeah, I'll talk about him in just a second. But, basically, he coined, like, MIB as the shorthand or just men in black as what they are. Uh-huh. Um, but he's, it's not the first report of men in black. But we'll get to that in a second. Okay. So, John Keel is the guy who researched the Mothman and wrote the book The Mothman Prophecies. Right. And if you recall our episode on the Mothman, you'll remember me talking about the Men in Black in that one, too. And I go really into depth on that. Like, I go into okay. every Man in Black witness account. I'm not going to So please see Mothman episode. Yes, and it's back in October. So if you guys want to go back and look at that and give it a listen. It's one of my favorite episodes we've done. It's a done. popular one. Yeah, it really is. Our, our podcast has gotten more traction. It has. And when we get to business time at the end, we'll talk about that. Because we have exciting news. Yes. Awesome. I know. So, what I'm going to do instead, 
I'm going to give a little bit of the history on them, and then I'm going to get into some of what I consider the Cases. more interesting stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're like, I'm going to describe them first. Okay. Because it's more than just in a black suit. Yeah, yeah. So they're usually either medium height or short. Mm-hmm. They're never, I mean, I say never. There's been a few cases of tall men in black. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is there are reports of women in black, too. I think I've heard of one where there was like a child or, or chi- a much shorter type person. I, I didn't yes. know, have the exact She was, they're either described as like unnaturally tall for a woman or very uh, short. Yeah. And there's kind of no in between for the women in black. But those are seen rarely. And I do know they're not necessarily like Caucasian in appearance. They either. are not usually Caucasian. They're usually, they look Asian in appearance or maybe indigenous like they have kind of a yellow toned skin almond shaped eyes high mm-hmm. cheekbones they have dark eyes yeah or very pale eyes it's like either or extreme sometimes though they're described as having skin so pale and translucent that you can see like every vein in their arm and face yeah it's gross well i, I think and a john keel described them as being sort of like eth- asian or something yes like that, you know? uh, asian ethnicity <laughs> Um, yeah, and of course, when I first start researching this stuff, I, I, I peer at all the research with a squinted eye because mm-hmm. I don't know if people are just being racist, given the times. Yeah. But I don't think so. I think they're just trying to describe people how they look. Right. So I'm just going to be fair on that one. I'm trying to remember the exact words that, that John Keel used. Do you have that in there? Yeah, they always say Oriental. And I'm not going to say that. He said a specific country, and I'm trying to remember what that was. Oh, I don't remember the specific country. It was was kind of an obscure one. That's why I can't. I was trying to think of it. Yeah, or they'll be described as Eastern European. Yeah. And whatever, their their skin tone isn't usually white. Mm -hmm. That's just what I'm saying. Yeah. So they'll also be, not all the time, but usually dressed in three-piece suits. And, like, black or dark navy, mm-hmm. sometimes very dark brown, but usually black, but always ill-fitting. Like, the clothes are just, don't fit them right. I heard it was, like, a dip, wrong time period, like they were old-timey looking suits. Well, 40s type yeah. suits in the 60s. Like zoot suits or something. And then 70s suits in the, like, 90s. And so, like, they seem, like, not of this time. with it. Yeah. Not of this time. That's correct. They don't behave like normal people and seem baffled by normal, everyday things. And an example of that is one of them, in the Mothman case, he'd been stalking a reporter, meaning this man in black, in like the three-piece suit. He had a fedora, Mm -hmm. completely bald, short, um, had the yellow-toned skin. Right. He came to this woman's work like every day, like very late, because she was staying late reporting on the Mothman shit. She was working with John Keel. Mm-hmm. And he came in, he just broke into her office, oh came in there, and was about to like yell at her or something. It was like being very rude. And then Crazy. he saw a ballpoint pen on her desk uh-huh. and became just entranced by it. He had never seen a ballpoint pen in his life. Y'all, it's 1967. Yeah, they've probably been around. Everybody on earth at this point has seen a ballpoint pen. Right. But he acted like it was just, he stole it and he like ran away. He like, ha I've stolen your pen. What a dick. Yeah, but she was just like, okay, it's just a fucking pen. But he acted like he stole, like, the Declaration of Independence. Get out of here, Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Right? So, yeah, and they often travel in groups of three. 
two to three, but three most See, that often. was the similarity with the black-eyed children. They also travel in groups of mm-hmm. three. And the women do, too. There'll be, like, two women and a baby, or two women and a child, or two women and a shorter person. Do you think it's just, person. like, they think it would be looking more normal if you, if you traveled like I that? I don't know, but you have to remember that three in Paranormal Town is That's bad. Yeah. And it's usually representative of a perversion of the Trinity. My, my interpretation of that is three just always means magic. Like, it, it's something supernatural going to happen now. Cool. Yeah. It's creepy time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, though it's never talked about, like I said, there are women in black, too, and but rarely. Like, this is like a handful of reports. Mm-hmm. And it's this stuff is always following a UFO sighting. Or a strange cryptid sighting. Right, because Mothman was obviously Mothman, and then yeah. the Man in Blacks happened, and then, like, aliens happened also. Everything happened with the Mothman shit. Like big feet? Yeah, there were reports of big feet. There were also report of, like, poltergeist-like activity. Yeah, everything. Yes, yeah. everything. But mainly, we're going to focus with the Mothman stuff on the strangers in town. Okay. And this is all the Men in Black stories from the Mothman prophecy. And I just think it's really, it's just so weird how they acted. So the very first report of, a, of Men in Black came in 1953 by a guy named Albert Bender, mm-hmm. who was a UFO enthusiast and had a small publication called Space Review, which is an excellent name. Yeah. <laughs> Space! Space Review. He claimed that, I mean, gosh, the 1950s were all like laser guns and rocket ships, yeah. and I fucking love that shit. They probably so had like Rocket Daily or something. They did have Saucer Daily. Oh my God, I was so close. Uh, He claimed that three men in dark suits came to visit him and to warn him against publishing any more articles about UFOs. In addition, there were three hot chicks with the men in black in tight white uniforms. That's weird. (laughs) So they got men in black and then you got like three model chicks. This story could be discredited entirely were it not for later experiences of John Keel and other researchers, including Nick Redfern. Mm-hmm. And while I don't like Nick Redfern, I do consider him largely credible most of the time. Is he the Rendlesham Forest guy? He's the Rendlesham Forest... You know what, Nick Redfern? I'll fight you in a fucking alley, you twerp. Wow, said it. that is aggressive. I think he's like he's like a an alt-right guy now. Oh, is he? Okay, well, Okay, fine. I'm not going to make that accusation. In fact, I take it back. I think it's just something I read on Reddit. I haven't researched it, and I don't want to be a cunt. No, but a lot of people on Coast to Coast tend to lean that way. They sure fucking do. And we've talked about this before, and I'll talk about it every time because it infuriates me. As a fan of the paranormal, supernatural, UFOs, Bigfoot, all of it, it is so hard for me to find a podcast to listen to because I'm just bombarded with absolute horseshit alt-right stuff. Yeah, it always Trumper stuff, way. and then, like, stupid conspiracy theories, like, whoa, put your phone in a Faraday I'm, cage. I'm fascinated by them in, in like, a science sure. way, and I, so that's why I listen. And then why I'm an expert on the MyPillow guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you guys haven't checked out our QAnon episode, it's in Cult Month, which was, what, in, like... February? February. No, that was Lovers Who Kill. Okay. Cult Month was in January. Okay. Go back in January and listen to our QAnon episode. Our fans seem to think it's one of our best. Well, that's because all three of us was together. Yeah, me, Willow, and Maris all. And Maris really delved into the My Pillow Guys connection I, to QAnon. It was really interesting. I just like him. Yeah. <laughs> like him and not like a, 
affectionate way, but in like in a fascinated way. Like in a bug under glass you've yeah. never seen before. Yes. Yeah. It's really insane. No, so that's part of the reason. I mean, I love true crime too, obviously, but there aren't podcasts for left leaning supernatural enthusiasts. No, at best they they say libertarian, but I, I uh, that's a that's light alt right. It's heavy alt right. If you want to be honest, yeah. And so I get that I'm so left of left that I'm on another planet. But I just thought at least I'd break some, the lefties we're, off a little something. We're snowflakes over here, libtards. That's right. That, that is exactly what we are. We are triggered at all times. I'm, I'm triggered right now. I'm triggered by saying I was triggered. That's yeah. just what happens. Yeah. So Bender's account was later published in the quarterly Saucer in 1957. But again... Credibility is an issue. The guy who ran that publication considered himself a folklorist and entertainer, and he wasn't trying to write down true stories. He was just collecting weird stories and embellishing things. They made up fake government documents. And if it weren't for John Keel and the Mothman prophecies, I don't think we would have ever heard about Men in Black again. Yeah. But that does raise a question that I kind of want to get into before I start with the stories. Uh-huh. Okay, so Men in Black weren't a thing until this guy named... Albert Bender, who I call Bert Bender in uh-huh. my mind, uh-huh. Bertie Bender. BB. BB. They weren't a thing. Now uh-huh. they're a thing. Is it one of those things where, like, we just kind of thought them into being like I was we about made to our say, own boogeyman? Because of ever since JFK, I w- is my is this my theory? I mean, I'm completely talking out of my ass. Do it. But we've been suspe- suspect of the government. I'm sure that, like, we were more, like, but World War II really gave us faith in the government, you know? But For I think that once we, we suspected our own killing JFK, that we've made the government boogeymen, and that's what made a boogeyman monster, a.k.a., you know, FBI, Man in Black. Yeah. It's CIA. Sort of, I think in the zeitgeist, we would have made up Men in Black regardless because we lo- lost faith in our government for various reasons. I do think it's kind of like a Tulpa Egregore That's type of saying. a thought yeah. form. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, this man in black phenomenon wouldn't gain much traction until John Keel published the Mothman Prophecies in 1975. The stories here were just really interesting, far more compelling than like hot chicks and guys going, don't, don't be so cool writing about UFOs. It's that they just descended on the town of Point Pleasant. And harassed the shit out of people there, including breaking and entering, stalking. So there's a lot of witnesses. Tons. Just dozens of witnesses. Including the original four teenagers who saw Mothman first near that TNT power mm-hmm. plant in Point Pleasant. Which, which I know uh, that one vi- that one thing on Netflix kind of riffed off of, didn't they? The Stranger Things? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. And uh, they riffed off a lot of stuff yeah. from, like, the 70s and 80s, but though. That, yeah. that actually happened. It did. So some just to give you a little, if you're unfamiliar with the Mothman prophecies or Mothman in general, and you don't want to go back and listen, which is fine, I'm going to give you a small breakdown. So in the 60s, some kids were out making out at this industrial park, and they saw a strange winged humanoid creature with red eyes it chased their car and then it was spotted all over town in point pleasant and uh, almost a year to the date it was 11 months to the date mothman was first reported the the silver bridge in point pleasant collapsed and it killed like what like 50 people something i thought it was it was less than that it was like 11 no it was a lot it It was was like 49 yeah i'm not sure but okay I'm the Mothman expert Yeah, I think it worked for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so what do the men in black have to do with that? 
The minute the reports were made to the police, and right up until the bridge collapsed, because after that, they weren't seen in town again, Mm -hmm. there were reports of men in dark cars, always Cadillacs, either navy or black. Mm -hmm. And the men would be wearing, you know, your three-piece suits, either again, navy or black. No one in town knew them or had seen them before. They did appear to be, like, foreigners, Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they didn't look American or Caucasian. It's bothering me if I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was such a weird country that he picked. Oh, I know. John Keel like said that he walked up to people with different ethnicities, like on a, on little cards, and said like, "What does it look most like?" And they picked. They always picked. It was like a Eastern European country that mm-hmm. was sort of mixed with kind of Asian, Asian dusky skin tone, and uh, not to sound like anything, but. Like, no, we're was just a, described. That was just how it was described, and it was just really strange. If it like it didn't mean anything, it was just weird. Yeah, I don't remember it either. Although I do remember that, I yeah. just can't remember the. But country. he like really looked into it he to did. really try to identify. It really disturbed him. He was stalked for he many years. He was bothered. John Keel seemed bothered. Yeah. John Keel was stalked not only by the men in black, but just the phenomenon in general mm-hmm. until his dying day. Yeah, and he really regretted researching. But it really sounds a lot like what Jack Vallée has been going through. It's the same conclusion, which is that they're, like, that material reality is on a spectrum from ghosty to fully not ghosty, like a tape solid. Yes. And that Bigfoot and Men in Black are somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah, and he's even gone so far as fairies are basically real. Yeah, but they're also kind of not real sometimes, depending upon how you're looking at it. How you're looking at it, yeah. So, back to Point Pleasant and its men in black problem. Mm -hmm. Witnesses reported them eating in restaurants in town, but that they didn't know how to use a knife or fork or even how to swallow their food properly. That's weird. Yeah, they just didn't chew. They would just put their food in their mouth and just swallow it and kind of, like, choke on it. If only they had cell phones to, like, record it, you know? Oh, I know, but this was in the 60s. Yeah. And it was as though they just didn't know how to be human. In addition, they were spotted all over Point Pleasant taking pictures. One man reported coming home late at night to find a man in his living room. He was in a three-piece suit. I, how, how much would you freak out? He was freaking out. And the man was just literally just standing in the middle of his living room I in the dark. Just scream. So he went to flip on the light switch and like beat the shit out of this dude to get him out of his house. Yeah. When he was briefly blinded by a camera flash. Oh, my God. Just like in the movie. I guess that's where the movie got it from, huh? It is where the movie got it from. Oh. And when his vision cleared, of course, the man was gone. But here's what's interesting to note. Uh-huh. He didn't hear any running away. He didn't hear any doors opening or shutting. Did he hear, hey, you, you're finally awake. <laughs> <laughs> A little Skyrim joke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're a nerd. Um, no. But it's it was really commonly reported that Looking away for just a second, uh-huh. even blinking your eyes, they would vanish. They like seeing something able... on a corner of your eye. Yes, they just seemed to vanish into thin air. Yeah. So, yeah, men in black are also known to impersonate U.S. government, military officials, and city workers. Mm-hmm. For example, Mrs. Ralph Butler of Awatana, Minnesota, said an officer visited her in May of 1967. He went by the name Richard French. He was about five feet, nine inches tall, had an olive complexion, dark, long hair, and a pointed face. His clothing appeared to be brand new, so much so that even the soles of his shoes didn't have one single scuff or dirt mark on them. Okay. When Mrs. Butler offered him some jello, 
he was like, hell yes, I love it. And, but he tried to drink it. Well, that you can do a jello shot. He'd acted as though he'd never seen it before. He was like holding it up and marveling at it and then tried to drink it out of the bowl. Well, jello is weird. I mean, I agree to with that. To the point where she had to show him like he was a baby how to use a spoon. It's very funny. I do think it's funny. Yeah, so another thing they would do is pretend this one is so fucking creepy. This uh-huh. one just gives me the willies. Okay. So they pretend to be meter readers in Point Pleasant. And they'll arrive at the house in, like, some brown coveralls. Mm -hmm. Again, though, they're either bald or they have long or medium-length dark hair. Mm -hmm. Olive complexions, you know, the slant, like, slanted almond-shaped eyes, um, described frequently as very effeminate. Mm -hmm. Also, with no pores or creases to their skin, they look almost kind of plastic. They speak in a monotone, robotic kind of voice. Are Are you saying that I sound like a man in black? A little bit. Mm. A little bit. They don't ever have facial hair. Ever. Well, I got a beard. You're safe. Yes. You're not a cryptid. Well... I mean, I could be. You could be a, a very small Bigfoot. A small foot. If you gave Man in Black Jello, does that mean he's permanently in this world, like fairy rules? Or like angel rules or yeah, something? Yeah. Or like, you know, transubstantiation and shit? Right. I don't think so, because he vanished after no. that. But anyway, so these meter reader guys say, hey, I work for the gas company... Need to come read the meter. And back then, meters are typically in the basement of the house. Okay. And so they let them in, of mm. course, because that's fine. That's something that happens. But those dudes will stay down there with the door shut for hours. What are they doing? Well, when people finally are like, okay, I'm going to check. You He's guys been are in doing there weird, gross like stuff down there. Out. Yeah. Get your pants on. They'll either find no one there, and there's like no way they could have missed someone leaving, or... This is the worst. They'll find them standing at the bottom of the stairs in complete utter darkness, just staring up at them. I would scream. I would shit all of my pants. And maybe your pants, too. Yeah, and other there's just pants. poop and everyone's pant. <laughs> and everyone's crying, yeah. I just see, I don't know why I think that's the worst, but it is. I agree that that is nightmare fuel. Why are you down there being creepy? Get out. What do you want? And what you can never, want? like, we can't, I don't know what their motivations are, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. One of the Mothman witnesses, Linda Scarberry, and she was one of the original four, the teenagers, mm-hmm. she said that the men in dark suits had almost transparent skin, and these guys began following her and her father around when they were driving. They drove a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And they were always like tailing them. And one time, her dad like got out of the car and like, "The fuck do you want, asshole?" Right. And the man shook his hand, and sh- that's when she noticed his fingers were just really abnormally long and spidery. Oh, that's terrible! I don't like that. Yeah, and that he spoke in a flat robotic voice and moved weird, like, like stiffly, jerky. Yeah, herky jerky. We know that's we know bad. What that's about yeah. It's about some bullshit. It is bullshit. Other Mothman witnesses said that a man and a woman in dark business attire came to their homes and wanted to take pictures of them. They refused because they found the demeanor of the people both creepy, odd, and threatening. Some took down license plate numbers, but when reported to the police, the numbers did not match any car. Right. So John Keel wasn't immune from them either, as I said. He would get phone calls at the hotels he was staying at where he was researching. Mm-hmm. And it would tell him, like, the men in black are here. And then gets an address, and he's like, they're like, come quick. And, of course, when he gets there, nobody's there. And this was done to him dozens of times. 
Okay. And then, like, he was walking with a friend, and it was a lady friend. It was probably, I think it was the lady reporter out of Point Pleasant. And they noticed that a man was following them, mm-hmm. and it was, of course, he was in a ill-fitting dark suit. He ran up to them all crazy and oh, aggressive, no. and yeah. then took their picture, and then ran away. Just like what happened to that one dude with the flash. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so another man in black, although he's not typically described as wearing a black suit, but he's grouped in with this because of his coloring and stuff, Okay, is Indrid Cold. I was about to ask. The what? Smiling Man. Right, okay. Yeah, he's said to be one of these things. He has the yellow-toned skin, the, like olive complexion, dark hair and eyes. He was seen in Point Pleasant, Ohio, and West Virginia, both before and after the Silver Bridge collapse. He was first witnessed by a man driving home late one afternoon. The man had to stop because in the middle of the road was a cigar-shaped craft, like a UFO. Oh, shit. And he was, like, freaking out. Also, his car just quit working. Well, UFOs are known to do that. And so this man wearing a metallic gray, like, blue-gray suit gets out. He is grinning ear to ear like a crazy... Fuck off thing. (laughs) Yes. And he approaches the man and stands at his car window... He doesn't say a word, but the man knows he's talking inside his head. It's fucked up. And he says, hello, I am injured cold. Nope. And I'd be like, hello, I'm the fuck out of here. Right. Fuck off, injured Hit him with cold. Your car. Now, there are supposed pictures of this guy, like real life pictures. Okay. And I will include them in the Facebook post. And if you guys aren't on our Facebook, go be on our Facebook. I know Facebook's lame. Like, duh. Mm-hmm. But you can go look at all the pictures from the cases. So you can, like, follow along. Yeah. And I will definitely post a picture of Indrid Cold, both the drawing um, made by eyewitnesses and the supposed picture. He just looks like a fucking dude. He doesn't look creepy to me. Yeah. But who knows? So then in the 1970s, in Dover, Massachusetts, there were sightings of a small humanoid creature they dubbed the Dover Demon. Now, it was about three to four feet tall. It had kind of a pale, creamy, orange-colored skin. Mm -mm. Otherwise described as a typical gray alien with the big eyes, except it were red. Red glowing eyes. Fuck that thing. I'd punt it. It's on the fuckability scale. It's right there with Chupacabra to zero. Whoa. Nasty. I'm not into that. And so... The men in black were spotted by multiple witnesses in the area following the sightings. And they go into the old, like, tactics of intimidation on this one. Mm -hmm. So... And it was reported two months to the day of the first sighting, two men in black appeared at the Dover house looking for Coleman. Now, Coleman was one of the witnesses to Mm -hmm. the Dover demon. A woman at the school gave the men Coleman's address, but they never contacted them. However, the men told the woman not to tell anyone about the Dover demon. They wore black leather jackets and white motorcycle helmets. The men, according to the woman, stood perfectly erect with their arms by their sides and spoke in a monotone. Yeah. They identified themselves as investigators from the National Geographic. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And that's when she was like, no, you're not. (laughs) Coleman spoke to a friend in Ohio who, in what appears to be another coincidence, experienced the same thing. The man said that three years ago, after a sighting in Ohio, two men fitting the same description, talking the same way, and also identifying themselves as being from the National Geographic, demanded of some witnesses that they not say a word about what they saw. 
What would you say if that if you ran into that? I mean, I, I would I'd say, you say go fuck yourself. Sir, could you lick my butthole? Yeah, that's what I'd say. Good thing you got that helmet on, because I'd be punching. Yeah. Now we're gonna talk about the women in black. Oh yeah. Sometimes. Awesome. Creepy, but hot. Okay. I mean, you like me. I'm yeah. creepy and hot. You're tall, too. I am quite tall. UFO researcher Nick Redfern. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love his accent because he always talks like, well, he's, first of all, he's British. Well, that's why he talks that but way. It's, he, and we have to be nice. extra no, like, extra nasally, like, snooty. It is very snooty. I will say this. Our listener base in, in England is pretty big now. Uh-oh. We gotta stop making fun of the British. Sorry about you. I'm just making fun of your fucking accent. Everybody else is like, ooh, it's so hot. But I hear y'all talk. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it fancy me a, a sponge. That's not hot. That's weird. What they are you saying? They got different kinds, though. and They got different accents there. They do, but they're usually referring to, like, the snooty accents as being the hot. The London British one. Not the, like, Yorkshire one no, or whatever. No, Scottish like the or Cockney Welsh. or any of that. Yeah. And here's what I say. Y'all, all y'all sound like a circus to me, so it just doesn't matter. We, we're really yeehaw, though, so to be fair. Oh, I'm yeehaw as fuck, and if you want to make fun of me for sounding like a human banjo, feel free, because twangity twang, I sure do. Yeehaw. Right? Yeah, it's fine. We're all making fun of each other here. Uh, so anyway, Nick Redfern wrote a whole book about these ladies, but since I don't like him, mm-hmm. and it was expensive, mm-hmm. I said No. And instead, I just read the reviews. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a story from one of the reviews. Um, He kind of compares them to vampires. Okay. Saying they prefer to hunt at night. And I feel like that was really cheapy, tacky tagline. Also not true. There's plenty of daytime stories. There are plenty of daytime stories. And I just think he's saying it to make it sexy. He just doesn't know. Anyway, here's one of the stories from the reviews that I... Copy-pasted like a good researcher. Hell yeah, I do that too. Yeah, you sure do. This is the case of Denise Stoner. All she wanted to do was take her mother to J.C. Penney's on Christmas Eve, because they're both super lame, to pick up a couple of last-minute stocking stuffers. God, these women sound exhausting. Or I'm just exhausted. <laughs> they get together like, do you want a scrapbook, Denise? Do you want a scrapbook, Lena? I made some women squares. Oh, I got the cutest little stock and stuff for a pennies. Fuck off. Okay, I'm done. Uh, they were in line at the cashier when the glass doors opened and two very tall, very thin women entered the store pushing an umbrella-style stroller. All Mom could say was, What is wrong with that baby? That did not matter. In a few moments, weird women and babe were gone like they had never been there. Maybe Denise and Mom had overactive imaginations. And a case of the holiday jitters. They always say this about women eyewitnesses, never about men. I only included it because it annoyed me so fucking much. And I wanted to share the rage. Because they also include that. They didn't, but I'm guessing since it's not included, they were not. They were probably very much wearing like kitten sweaters and like had boofy hair. (laughs) Big costume jewelry earrings. Right. Clacky nails. Clack, clack, clack. Like those ladies from Edward Scissorhands. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, I love it. In Denise's own words, when we exited the mall, my mom had already stepped off the curb to locate my car. I was stopped by three men who were wearing, who were leaning on the brick wall by the door wearing black suits, black hats, white shirts, and sunglasses. They were all short. 
One of them said, you will not discuss what happened inside that store. Do not talk about it to anyone. Do you understand? I did not answer. I stepped off the curb as I felt I was in danger and called after mom. Just after I stepped off the curb, I turned back to discover these men were gone and there was nowhere for them to go. Denise felt that we had been shown something in the store that wasn't normal, and we were talking about it as we left to see if we were imagining things when I met these men. So, I mean, it never said what was, like, wrong with a baby. I guess I'd have to read the fucking book, which I'm not going to. I'm just going to guess it was probably weird. wearing a suit and a fedora. But what if it was just some French supermodels, and they're lesbians, and they have a baby they adopted who's unfortunate? Yeah. What and, if it's just some lesbians And these Midwestern Denise and Mom at Penny's getting the stocking stuffers are just stupid. Don't know anything. Right. Well, I, I mean, I guess the, I something mean the, weird has to be about them. Otherwise, we Well, or else the men in... It was the men in black outside that I liked the story for. They're like, you're not going to say anything about the nothing that happened. <laughs> right. You're going <laughs> to say nothing about About nothing. weird bitches. Right. In the, in the mall. Some lesbians with their baby. Which I think is great. And cute. And they're well-dressed. Yeah. Sleek. Mm -hmm. Apparently, women in black hiss when agitated, but I also hiss when agitated. Frequently, I'm wearing black, and now you got to wonder, Maris, did you mm -hmm. marry a woman in black? I did, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just guess they're, the, they're all the bad guys from the guys in Dark City. They are all the bad guys from the guys in Dark City. Yeah. Yeah. I like that movie. I know you do. It's visually interesting. It's really cool. It's the coolest movie. Oh, honey. That's enough. Oh. But yeah, that's the stories that I have. There are others, but they're all the same is what I want to tell you guys. It's always like, hey, that UFO you saw? No, you didn't. Yeah, it's just some well-dressed dudes creeped you out at the end. Or they ate a turkey sandwich on their, they put it in their butt to eat it. It's just like stuff like that. Like it's they like just don't know how to people. Witnessing a glitch in the Matrix. Very much, which is another episode we covered. Yeah. That's right, because we're cool. Uh, now, it's business time. It's business time. What's that song from the Flight of the Concord? It's business time. Yeah. 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 Very good. I did it. I was going to sing it. Nope. But now I'm not. Anyway, so we are now ready to upload our chapter one of our book's podcast. And... Don't worry, it'll be on our link tree and on all of our social medias, which is in the description box of this episode. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go listen to our books for free, yeah. and with music by Producer Will, mm -hmm. go do it. There'll be illustrations, I'm just getting there. You're just getting there, it's okay. There's just so many. There's just so many. And now we're in a new month, and it's May, and we've got a new theme for cruelty, and that is murderous mothers. Cool. Yeah. So it's moms who either kill for their kids or kill their kids. Mm -hmm. You know, fun, light-hearted topics. Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about the other thing you're, you're going to be doing in the summer, or is that too early? That's to too about? early to talk okay, about. We sorry. do have exciting things coming, though. Yeah. We're going to be doing a cruel summer. But you don't get to know what that is yet. Right. I'm, I'm pumped about it, though. It is cool. It is cool as shit. Um, yeah, but other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. Every week we gain about three to 400 new listeners. And that that's real is, insane to me, by the way. That's really Cause we're wild, not, yeah. We're not anybody or anything. No. We're, we're not just famous in any way. Not at all. We're mm -mm. artists, and weirdos. that's about it. Weirdos in losery the weirdos. Kind of losery, I'm going to be honest. Man, it's rough to pay the bills. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're not making any of our folks proud. 
Uh-uh. I'm, oh, I'm ashamed. I'm I ashamed. am a, a tarnish. I'm oh, you're straight up an abomination. That's true. The Pope said you needed to fuck off. That's true. The Pope himself. Yeah, yeah. The Pope on the rope. The Pope, uh... Yeah, yeah. In his pointy hat, what sits on his throne in Rome. Yes. That is a Gangs of New York quote. I oh, just thought we'd I missed out that all the movies. One. Have you not seen that movie? It's I have. One of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, before I ramble on nonsensically about various other things and make my dog bark with my loud voice, mm-hmm. we're going to go, Maris. Bye. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time. Find us on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Willie B.